It is the Brotherly Love Podcast, Anchor.fm, and all of your podcast platforms. It's an angry edition. It's a birds-only edition, although it might be a trash all of Philadelphia sports teams edition by the end of this. Joe O'Donnell here, John Mita there. You just left the driving range trying to get your act together. How'd you hit him? I hit him better, thanks to the great tutelage of my good friend, who's just been my golf coach, aficionado. Mike Gozik for years, so he got me a little strained out. Now that I've lost 80 pounds in two months, man, I'm, I'm swinging a lot different. So it's 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 an adjustment, but, you know, if I put in some work, I think I'll get back to at least a serviceable golfer. That, that's the goal in mind, so we'll see. <laughs> Did you use the term adjustment? Because yesterday in a football game I watched, um, the team without a name, the Washington football team, they appeared to make adjustments, or at least I would think they made adjustments because they erased a 17 nothing lead uh, by the Philadelphia Eagles, and they then decided to embarrass Eagles 27-17 in week one. Um, it's an amazing concept, those adjustments. So, Mita, i got a couple questions for you, my friend. Um, please try not to drive off the highway here. But uh-huh. uh, first up would be you got to pick one person to put this loss on, one or I guess in the case of the entire line, you could just go with offensive line. Who do you put this loss on? Because it came against a team that had no business winning a football game, came against a team that absolutely stinks, and I know you're not going to win them all, but one that you should win that you piss away opening week, up 17 nothing. it's embarrassing, can't happen. Well, the one person, it's everyone knows how much I, I like Carson Wentz, and he did not play a great football game in the second half, but I got to throw this one on the shoulders of the head coach, Doug Peterson, for several reasons. First of all, when they're up 17 nothing, there is no way in hell you should be trying to throw the ball. He's like trying to stay aggressive. We don't like aggressive, Doug, but you're up 17 points. Why not try to run the clock? Okay, run the football. I get it. Your line's banged up. But is it easier to pass protect when you got a banged up offensive line? Or is it easier to run block when you're like, hey, this is your man. Take him the hell out. That's that. Yeah. And he just – he didn't do that. And, you know, Carson, I, I get the turnovers. They were terrible. Don't get me wrong. But I also think there was – it was partly the receiver's fault. Like, when you're running certain routes like that, comebacks, digs, routes like that where you're basically, you know, turning back to the quarterback. You're not going a certain cut to the outside or inside. You're basically – you got to work yourself back to the quarterback. If you sit there and wait for the ball, like defensive backs are told to like get in their backpedal and then drive towards the football. Like when you're waiting for the football, you know, the defensive back has an edge in that situation. They're going to drive towards the football. And both picks were the reason because, you know, the receivers didn't do enough, you know, to come back to the football. I put that on the hands of these are young receivers. You know, you saw a lot of you saw a lot of John Hightower yesterday. You saw a lot of Jalen Rager, and they're going to make mistakes. And listen, they didn't have the preseason reps either, which is another bit. So I get that. And then, and then coaching wise, like Deshaun Jackson was healthy, but he only played fifty four percent of the snaps. And then Doug's explanation today on the Zoom call was that, well, we want to make sure that he's healthy in the end to the end of the stretch of the season. No, there is going to be no end of the season if you don't get there. Yeah, There will be no playoffs 
if you sold away games that you should have won when you're up 17 points. I could not have said it better, and, and, John Mead. This is what drives me crazy about Doug Peterson's mentality. And it has paid off for him the last two years as they've snuck in. They've sort of almost backdoored their way in. He's always playing the long game. As fans, we can't stand that. We, You know, to him, week one, two, three, whatever, it's getting ready for December football. But as you said so eloquently, there ain't going to be important December football if you don't figure out a way to beat a team that absolutely stinks. I mean, the, they did nothing. Washington did nothing on offense. Do, do they have one play, one pass play over 15 yards? Do they have one running play where they gouge the Eagles and a, a chunk play? Like, I don't remember any of that. It was just they had a short field. What was the one drive? 13 plays for 40-some yards to eventually win the game? Like, I'm not putting this on the Eagles' defense at all. It would have been nice in the fourth quarter to get a stop, to get a sack, to get a turnover. Yes. But at that point in the game, they had been on the field a ton, where in the first half, the first 28 minutes of the game or whatever it was, the Eagles had the Redskins on the field the whole time. It was three and out for Washington. Birds would drive. Like, you can't afford a missed field goal, an interception. When you're playing a team you should beat, you have to just, uh, like, shorten the game. The Eagles did nothing to shorten that game. And with the line situation and without uh, arguably their best offensive weapon in Miles Sanders and, and no preseason and not a lot of OTAs where, like, chemistry is going to be a little off, the easiest thing to do is shorten the game, especially, especially when you jump out to a lead like that. If they're down early, like last year, week one, and they got a chuck and duck, that's different. They had this game, they gift-wrapped it to Washington, and there's no excuse for it. No, no excuse for it. And listen, I'm not going to let Jim Schwartz off the hook. Like, I'm so sick of him not wanting to blitz. Like, it pisses me off to high heaven because, like, you're yeah. talking about Dwayne Haskins. You're not going against Russell Wilson. You're not going against Aaron Rodgers. You're not going against Tom Brady. This is second-year man Dwayne Haskins. And when the front four did get the pressure, he seemed uncomfortable, right? He wasn't able to make plays. He was, you know, throwing incomplete passes, you know, rushing throws, missing guys. Then, you know, the Redskins did a better job of making the halftime adjustments when usually Doug and their staff does a great job of making the halftime adjustments but clearly got outcoached in this one. And Schwartz doesn't bring any type of pressure. It's like, come on. You also got to talk about, you know, reports got released that Howie Roseman and Zach Ertz got into heat of confrontation. I guess all these guys getting paid, pissing off Zach Ertz. Well, it seems like he wasn't involved. His body language yesterday in the football game was not great. There were times where he was open. I saw it. My friends and we were watching the game together. We saw it streaking down the middle of the field. Carson wasn't hitting him. Carson really was hitting Dallas Goddard. And then Zach Gertz drops that sure-handed slant route that usually is money in the bank. And it's it just – that doesn't look good either. You know, they gave Jason Peters more money. I mean, again, I, I don't know. But Zach, Zach Gertz is an unhappy camper, and, and they got to do something. And, again, you know, playing this damn long game, they're so worried about the salary cap. You know, it's like, let's try to win now. What happened to the win-now mentality? But you know what's really bad, Joe? What is really bad? The fact that that 2017 draft class, you only have two guys that are remaining on your roster, Derek Barnett, 
back in the witness protection health program that he's been in his entire career. And Nate Gary, who played okay yesterday. But but seven picks from a draft three years ago, and only two of these guys are on your roster? That is an epic failure. And they were talking all this crap about JJR Sega Whiteside. Oh, God, he's going to be the most improved. Did, did that guy get any snaps yesterday? He did. He, had, he had 28 snaps, no targets. 28 snaps, no targets. Mm, boy, wasn't even targeted on 28 snaps. What the hell does that tell you? But he doesn't belong on this football team. Meanwhile, DK Metcalf is still streaking down the sidelines for Seattle. Yeah. It just it makes me sick, man. And, and their their depth, they have no depth. That's the problem. One guy gets injured. Look at the, look at their defensive line. Boom, Benny Curry. Apparently, he's going to mix significant time with a hamstring injury. Now we're relying on the Gennard Averys of the world. Brandon no, Graham's in, Brandon Graham's in concussion protocol. He, he's in protocol. You could have went out and signed a guy who the Cowboys signed, okay? Wouldn't have cost you that much money, and he was making some damn plays last night. It's just the arrogance and, and, and the scouting department should all be fired. I'm so sick of it. Howie Rosen, listen, he don't get his crap together in the next year. He, he should be gone. We should start over. Listen, I'm all about – I'm so happy you pulled all the right moves, all the right triggers to get us that Super Bowl that we've desired for a lifetime. But enough, enough. I mean, it's it's the Super Bowl. That that's over. You know, let's start winning again now. It feels like an eternity ago, doesn't it? Um, it does. You know, it does. You, you you cut out there with some of your blitz pickup stuff. So our folks listening, I will edit out there with the bad signal uh-huh. quality. But what? Just go back to uh, the lack of blitzing with Jim Schwartz and why it was driving you crazy. Sure. I mean, the, it's. You get a quarterback, this is a second-year signal caller. Still has so much to learn, okay? And he's not the most cerebral guy. And so when they were getting pressure from their front four, okay, they were able to disrupt him. He wasn't able to complete passes. He was missing guys, overthrowing, rushing his decision-making. Now, fast forward, Vinny Curry goes out of the lineup. Brandon Graham's a little banged up. Now you're not getting the same pressure from your front four. The first sack they got was from some guy they brought off the practice squad like three days ago. Which, what does that tell you? You got millions of dollars invested in your defensive line, and nobody's still getting pressure. So, okay, if you can't get pressure from your front four, and you got a guy like Darius Slay, that his his job and his, his primary purpose of why you went out and got a guy like that is to lock down the other receiver, the other starting wide receiver that's making all the plays, Terry McLaurin. He was able to do a real nice job. Then blitz. Jim Schwartz never blitzes. It drives me crazy. I look at all the like the coordinators last night. They're blitzing like crazy. They're making plays. And, and it just comes over to winning the turnover battle. And our defense is able to force zero turnovers. Yep. And when it comes down to it, that's always plays a huge role in who's going to win that football game. Yep. Washington made pretty much every play in the second half, you know, and the the turning point for a lot of people, and it's not rocket science, is the late first half pick. You know, you have that game in complete control. That's I think it. they go to halftime up seventeen nothing. The game's over because they're getting the ball to start the second half too. Uh, but you get momentum when you throw a pick. It was a bad throw. It should have been to the outside shoulder. It wasn't there. I watched the replay a hundred times. He didn't even step into the throw. It was off his back foot. It was a lollipop, 
And yeah, should Hightower have come back for the ball or whoever it was? Yes. But, you know, he's got to make a better throw. Carson Wentz was a statue back there yesterday. Where were the rollouts? Where were the RPOs? Where was something to to slow down that to slow down that edge rush? You know, you're talking about Kerrigan who owns the Eagles and Chase Young, the second overall pick or whatever he was. And and you're telling me that you don't do anything to try and slow them down? The screen game wasn't there. Both times Eagles ran screens. Washington yelled out as the ball was being snapped screen. So they knew. You know, they did their homework. So you got to do something else. How about a handoff to a Rager? How about a quick throw to Rager? A wide receiver screen to Sean Jackson. Do me, Give me something that would get the ball in those guys' hands so that you back off the defense a little bit. Uh, is, there was just nothing there. They had nothing there. And they, you know, the tight ends were eating up the, the uh, I wanna, always want to say the Redskins, <laughs> the Washington football team early. And then that went away for a long time. So to me, that means Washington did something different. They saw they were getting killed in the middle of the field with Ertz and Goddard early. They made an adjustment. And they took that away from the Eagles. And I, I saw today that maybe Wentz, you know, with that groin injury still lingering from camp, so they didn't want to roll him out. If he's not healthy, don't play him. Because when he sits in the pocket like a statue, he's not as effective. That's not his M.O. And we've seen now, you find me a quarterback. Find me a quarterback that plays well when they're getting hit. It does not happen, ever. Not Brady, not Breeze, not Rodgers, not Wentz, not Foles. It doesn't matter. You hit a guy, you get in his face, they play like crap. That is how it works. And Wentz, I'm telling you right now, he got gun shy. He got gun shy in that pocket. He thought he was going to get hit every play because he pretty much was getting hit every play. And so then all of a sudden, his mechanics go out the window. He starts rushing the ball. We've seen it time and time again. He is not able to extend plays when he's just in the pocket. His only move when the blitz is coming or rushers in his face is the duck. It works like twice a game, and it gets him absolutely murdered the rest of the time. And he should have thrown the ball away. Dan Orlovsky was all over it last night with his Twitter breakdown, the former NFL quarterback, who's a big Wentz guy, by the way, a big Wentz supporter. But he showed the two screen passes that resulted in sacks, and he was screaming for the Eagles, A, to never call that play again. But B, Wentz has got to throw those balls at the receiver's feet. The screen's blown up, you throw it into the ground. You essentially spike it, and you live to fight another day. Instead, he's dancing around, looking for an option. When a screen play doesn't work, there's nothing else there. You got him. You just got to. You just got to throw it into the ground. Instead, he's taking sacks. He's getting hit, and then from there, his game deteriorates. And, that, and that's not just him. Again, that's every single quarterback when they get hit. You find me a guy that's getting crushed throughout the game that's still in, hanging in there making plays. It does not happen. No, you were uh, you are absolutely correct, Joe. I, I love the fact that you you mentioned. That the creativity and the lack of imagination with this play calling is so terrible. When he rolls out, when he is getting out of the pocket, he he is one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the league, probably top three. And it, it just makes it easier. He, he can it, it's a, he's able to see the field a lot clearer when he's out of the yeah. pocket. There was no tempo and, to the offense. There was no, no creativity. And they want to run like play action and stuff. Well, in order for to run play action, you have to set the run up. Yep. Which means you have to run the football. And I don't know how many times. 16 they, runs yesterday to running backs. 16. 16 runs. 16 runs. What does that tell you? Again, the inbounds again. Again, 
Yeah. And it's just brutal. And it's it was all, all these intermediate routes. He doesn't seem to do well, Wentz, with these intermediate routes. He never has. The offense, yeah. they want to tr- call these 12-yard digs. What are we doing? you got to yeah. do what works. How, this is year five for the quarterback. This is year five yeah. for the head coach. They're tied at the hip now. And, you know, Carson Wentz is 14-14 and 14 since the start of 2018. And that's what we got is average football. Nine and seven, nine and seven, seven and nine. Like, come on. When yeah. is the next step coming? So if you're putting it on the GM, if you're putting it on the coach, if you're putting it on the quarterback, everybody needs some blame because it's just yeah. been average. They have been an average team. Very true. It's so Very disappointing, true. man. The lack of adjustments, the lack of tempo, the lack of creativity. It's like beating yeah. your head into the wall. I mean, ever since – you know, I go back and I look, you know, you look at why they were so successful in 2017. Remember how the season started? They go to the Chiefs and they lose a tight game to the Chiefs. Yeah, to make them and one and they, one on the year. And and they like throw through the ball or something. It was like 50, 50 times, yeah. And Zach Ertz comes out and is like, we got to run the guy. Whoops, excuse my language. We got to run the football. And then they did it. And then they kind of got with like that three-headed monster where they were sprinkling, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, and then you had Sproles, and then Corey Clement was coming on as a rookie, and, and a Jai, tra- yeah. and then they make the trade for a Jai, and the, it it was that balance that was opening up the big plays to Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, you know, getting your, and that's what you need. You need balance, and they don't have it, and they have to take a long look in the mirror. And, again, I, I, I don't understand the shuffling of the offensive line. Yeah. I really don't understand that. So, Doug, like Doug we were, apparently we were, today addressed the, that question and said that – because somebody I read said, like, well, you know, the parts of practice that the media were able to watch, that was never the offensive line. You know, with uh, Herbig or Hebig, whatever the hell his name is, and then uh, Driscoll, the rookie, at right tackle. Right. And, yeah. you know – and. and Hell, they were pumping Pryor's tires when when it was like Lane Johnson is questionable, and yeah. you know, uh, but it was like Johnson and Pryor looked good together. Lane was talking them up like it was like okay, well we know, you know, Dillard's out, Brooks is out. You're going to move Peters to left tackle. Pryor's going to slide to right guard. At least he's got some experience, and they have some chemistry. Le- last year in the playoff game when Brooks went out, that's what happened. Pryor went in, so. Yeah. How much did these guys practice together that you decide you're not going with that? Like, what? Why? Why are they outsmarting everybody? Oh, well, when the media wasn't there, that's how we practice. So now you're. Right. So now what? You're trying to hide uh, for yeah. for week one. You don't want Washington to know that Jack Driscoll might start at right tackle. Like, give me a break. It was unbelievable. There was no chemistry, uh, no communication, and- no no continuity. I know there's not a lot of practice time and no preseason. And Wentz didn't practice a lot down the stretch. And that's how it looked. That's how it looked. Yeah. You know, Deshaun's looking over his inside shoulder on that third down play. Wentz threw it to the sideline. And I yeah. have no idea why Deshaun was looking in the middle of the field. That's where the safety was coming from. Because I watched that play ten freaking times today. Yeah. I, and I just – And punt the football. Punt the football. You're at the 45-yard line. It's fourth. Just punt the ball. Make them go yeah. 90 yards. Yeah, maybe you pin them back, you get a turnover, and you and you put your offense in, a, in an easier position to score. I know. I, I and they had the no momentum. The Eagles had no momentum. So if you don't get that play, if you don't convert that, now you have 
like completely deflated your sideline and pumped them up. That was a team that had no business winning yesterday in Washington. And I know the line sucked, and I know Sanders is out, and I know we've said it five times already, but you cannot lose that football game. And I don't care if they finish 15-1, and one, I'll still be pissed about yesterday because that sucked and it was unnecessary. Just don't screw it up. They spotted you 17 goddamn points. Don't yeah. screw it up. Between the quarterback and the coach and the lack of running and the miscommunication and the defense unable to make a play, Fletcher Cox, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. 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 13 injuries already, John Mita, for this team. Seven guys on IR. 13 injuries, they have played four quarters of football. Yeah. It's it's mind-blowing. The injuries is just mind-blowing. And wait for this. Wait for this because it's coming. The Eagles were like, I don't even know if they were penalized more than twice yesterday. And one of them. Three three times. All right. One of them was Craven LeBlanc ran on the field for some goddamn reason with like – they had, I guess they only had 10 guys on the field. I turned the sound off by then because I couldn't stand listening to Kevin Burkhart tell me about the energy that Dwayne Haskins brought to the game. Yeah. The guy stunk, all right? <laughs> so I had to turn the sound off. So I watched the last five minutes, which took like an hour, it felt like, of just painful misery. I watched it with yeah. no sound because I was yeah. like, I can't do it. And one of the penalties was when, was when I had no sound. It was offside. LeBlanc was running on the field. They snapped the ball. It's like, Jesus Christ, like, figure it out. And I just, you know, wait till they start taking holding penalties and false starts and pass interference. Like, they they were hardly flagged at all, and they still lost this game. And it's unbelievable. Be it's, ready for it's... the Rams, man, because they played with tempo last night at times. Jalen Ramsey's bringing the boom. Like, whoever's – I don't know who he's going to cover, but they're going to do squat on Sunday for the Eagles. And and Aaron Donald manhandled the Cowboys line yeah. by himself last night. So they might they, – listen, I'm not writing off this season, but the Eagles might lose by 50 on Sunday if they don't figure out how to practice from, I'm assuming, tomorrow, Tuesday, up until Friday and figure some things out and somehow, you know, miraculously get healthy. I don't think yeah. the Rams are a great team. But if the Eagles play like they played for two quarters and two minutes, I mean, they'll lose by – they will lose by 40 points. Well, I I would think, uh, as much as it pains me to say, I think the, the Cowboys definitely have a better defense than the Eagles. And besides, you know, the L.A. Rams, like, just – I mean, they marched up and down the field all day long. I mean, the good – I mean, the Cowboys kind of held them to some field goal attempts and kept it close, but – there, there's a lot. I mean, it, it's again. You love the fact that they have to come from the West Coast. Yep. And it's know, an early game. Early game. They're coming off a big win, but you know, this is this is not going to be an easy game, right? And and Cincinnati didn't look too terrible either. So you you can't afford to to, to go out the gate zero and three. Yeah, that's just that could be the end. How I mean, do they? How do they win on Sunday? I know it's early. Uh, in the yeah. week, um, sure, you know, but I guess twofold. How do you see them winning, and and yeah. can Carson Wentz figure it out? Um, number one, you got to run the football. You got to figure out if, if if Miles Sanders is playing or not. Because if he's not playing, then maybe you bring up another practice. You bring up another running back like Elijah Holyfield 
who's a bit of more of a hammer running back, and you bring him up from the practice squad this week. I mean, you you got to you got to run. You hope Lane Johnson can play, um, but you got to run the football. And the thing is, you know, me just watching the Rams last night. I watched the whole game. Um, they're not very good at linebacker, so that's a weakness. So you got to you got to get your tight ends involved big time. Both of them, Ertz and Goddard, have to, and just just make it easier for the quarterback. You're going to take some shots, but just the, the play calling's just got to be better. I mean, it just has to be better. Um, they got to get creative, just like you said. Where are the jet sweeps to like Deshaun Rieger? Like the creativity, like just start. I don't know what they. They just got to get become more creative, but and, and Carson's got to play better. And it's hard because like he's dealing with rookie wide receivers. I mean, the fact that this is going to be the hard thing for rookies is the fact that they had zero preseason games, right? right? Even when they're going against third stringers or even guys that aren't going to make it, still the speed is a lot faster than what they're accustomed to when they're playing college football. You look at a guy like Rieger, he played in the Big 12. Look at a guy like Hightower. He was playing out in the whack um, for Boise State. So game speed is like at a whole new level. Um, And and, and game speed in the game is much different than scrimmaging your own teammates. It's very different. So the fact that they did get one game under their belt, they kind of know what to expect a little bit, I think that'll help. But And and Jim Schwartz has got to be better defensively. Uh, He's got to come up with a better game plan because Jared Goff is somewhat decent of a quarterback. And what they did yesterday, they did a lot of rollouts. They were moving them out of the pocket. They got to be aware of that. And they come with three running backs. So, and you need your playmakers to stay up, like to make plays. Like Fletcher Cox, you know, we need some stacks, uh, some sacks from him. We need Malik Jackson. Where the hell are you? Like he made all play yesterday. Yeah, on the first series. And that was it. On the first series. Brandon Graham made one play yesterday. It was on the first series. And then about the only only guy I didn't hate was Rodney McLeod. Darius Slay, I thought, you know, didn't hear from him much, which is a good thing. That means whoever he was covering wasn't doing squat. And I've, you know, I talked to some people, read stuff. You know, obviously Goddard had a nice game. Other than those three guys, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody I would grade out in the plus side of things. Now, Boston Scott finished with nine. Rudy Rudy Ford had a great game. He made every special teams tackle. Kind of give Rudy a little credit. All right. But, but he played an amazing game on special teams. Like, just down there on every punt coverage. I mean, he, he played well. But How again, did Boston yeah. Scott finish with nine carries for 35 yards? And, no, you know, it didn't feel like that. I mean, that's six yards a carry. And, it, and you know, did it come in garbage time and I missed it? Like, what 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 am I missing here? I don't – why wouldn't he have gotten the ball more if, uh, if well, he was firing he, off of that clip? You know, or a Corey well, Clemens swing pass or a dump off to the running back. Like, did a running back catch a football yesterday? Not on not, not like on checkdowns or swing outs. Right. No. Not so, wheel routes or yeah. Right. I mean, it's just so frustrating to watch that game slowly slip away. And it just I texted a couple of buddies at halftime and I said, I don't know if I've ever felt worse about a ten point lead going into half. Yeah. Now you were right. And sure enough, became just an absolute grease fire. Yeah. So big players yeah. making plays, better game plan, and pray to God that the Rams really ne- never get off the flight. Yeah, and they lay an egg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Johnny Meter. Yep. How did Jalen Hurts play on Sunday? Uh, 
and apparently, I mean, he did a nice job holding the Microsoft Surface. I don't know. Yeah. Was he even how did how no? He I mean, was inactive. How did Dave? How did Davion Taylor? Is that his name? How did he play? Oh, that's uh, right. He was inactive too. So your second and third round draft picks were inactive for week one. What are we doing here again? What's with the long game? Why are we taking guys that we feel like we can develop over time? Do, do, do Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson not know how this thing worked? Did, Jeff, how many did guys, Jeffrey Lurie tell them they have lifetime contracts and nobody knows it? Well, listen, how many young guys does this staff develop? I mean, look at guys like Rasul Douglas and, 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 and Sidney Jones. They're not even on this football team. And, and they didn't develop them. And it's, it's – And why did it, Ronald Darby get scorched? Well, double moves. I mean, the one double move, right. they got him. Yeah. And then they and just then, never did you know, again. Uh, the analyst yesterday was on with Burkhart. Uh, Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson said a couple times after those two picks, you know, yeah. they've jumped a couple of routes. This might be time for a double move. Never saw it. Right. And that's, you know, and, and that's he missed, coaching. listen, Wentz missed Rager on that one bomb. It was, you a know, couple, at that, yeah, yeah I, at that point, the momentum has shifted. And maybe you get a, you know, I don't want to say a cheap one, but you just hit a home run and you, you know, now you're up again two scores and then they just fold. And then the play after that, he just chucked it like it was the end of the first half, right? I think it was 17 7. And it's their last series. And I'm just like, take a knee, you know, or just run the clock out. But, you know, he's calling these deep bombs. He's just like, look at these toys I got. He overthrows Rager. And then the next one to Deshaun, like he threw to the right hash mark and Deshaun was on the left. Guy had to run half the field width wise, plus forty yards downfield, incomplete. Like it was just so frustrating, man. Yeah, it's brutal. It's the, these weeks suck. When they lose, you know they suck. <sighs> Can we just quickly, yeah. quickly just mention that yeah. the Phillies also were swept yesterday, and so I, I just wanted the Sixers and Flyers to lose as well, just so I could totally. Yeah. You know, no, but I'm sure the Sixers lost anyway, even though they weren't playing at this rate. Listen, their organization's a train wreck. Listen, the Flyers are the only hope right now of of looking good in the next three years. The Did other we sell sport, our soul? Did we sell our soul for the Super Bowl? Is that what my, this is about? It's okay. I still got a picture of it in my living room, and I'll hold on to it forever. The injuries but, have not stopped during that not, season, after that season. Yeah. They've changed the medical staff. Like, what is going on? I don't know. Guys just not taking care of them. Seven starters. Seven yeah. starters didn't play week one with no freaking preseason, man. I know. It's wild. And the Matt Pryor thing, I'm thinking he got hurt in the game, you know? I'm like, where the hell is Matt Pryor? Is he playing? I thought he was the guy. And then come to find out, like he was, he could have played, but he just wasn't in there. Like what? Unbelievable! That's incredible. Anything else you want to add before I throw my iPad out the window? No, just you know. Well, let's add more. You know, Sixto Sanchez. He's looking like oh. Pedro Martinez. God, right? And, uh, uh, you know what? I got a bone to pick with that Joe Giglio. Joe Julio, yeah. whatever his name is on WIP. Yeah. This guy, Jelly. the king he's, of the hot he's... takes. Oh, uh, yeah. He was like, the uh, the real Muto trade was never a good trade. I said it from the get-go. Yeah, wasn't uh, it? He's an ass. You know, I mean, <sighs> unbelievable. Oh, here we go. No, T- I mean, today, it- Wentz isn't an elite quarterback. 
Let's put that That's word away for a while and stop lying to ourselves. This guy. Oh, he's, he's a Wednesday. But, listen, I don't think – listen, Wentz played bad, but it's not all his fault, okay? There's a lot that goes into what went wrong yesterday. A lot. Yeah. So. Here he is, 20 hours ago on Twitter. JT Realmuto for Sixto Sanchez was a bad trade. It's not suddenly a bad trade if JT walks. It's not a good one if he stays. The Marlins got the better end of the deal. It's okay to say it. I mean, come on now. Come yeah. on now. Every, every organization in, on the planet makes that move if it's available. you got a prospect at a team that stinks once, and they have a perennial all-star top-of-the-line catcher that you're getting in his absolute prime. Yeah. And he's under control for two years before yeah. you got to pay him. Like, give yeah. me a break. Yeah, I mean, you, you want to Sixto Sanchez has, throw, has, has started six games in Major League Baseball. Now we're going to say, I don't give a sh- you know what, if he ends up in the Hall of Fame. You make yeah. that trade. You make that, listen. Because JT Romuto is going to the Hall of Fame if he plays another decade. Yeah, and you could say you know, that the trade was kind of an in even. You know what I mean? Like, it was if, if, if six right. comes out and becomes the next baby. Right. Because you're getting real muto. If they don't re-sign him, then it's an epic failure. Yes. yes. And Jorge Alfaro stinks. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. Yeah. All right, right John. I mean, I feel way – well, I don't feel way better, but I'm glad we did this. Glad we had right. this moment together. Yeah. It was, it was a trying moment. That's for let's, sure. Let's talk later I, in the week. Yeah, I was going to bury Skip Bayless, but we'll save that for another time with right. his asinine comments. Love it. Give me a prediction for Sunday. Woo! Man, I I think they're going to play better at home, man. I know nobody's going to be there. I'm sure people might load up the parking lots with air horns and noise. Um, they'll be cursing the Rams as they come into town on the buses, you know. So I, I, I think they're going to find a way to get it done, but it's going to be tight. I'm going to go 27-21 Eagles. All right, I'm going to go 23-17 Birds just because I have to be a homer. But if they lose by 40, you heard it here first. John and me, <laughs> always a pleasure, brother. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry. Hopefully you can commiserate with us together on this. Godspeed, oh. Birds fans, Philadelphia sports fans. We need that commiseration. This has been the Brotherly Love Podcast. Appreciate everybody tuning in. Till next time, go Birds, and we'll see